rehearsing it because that's what sopranos do. Halfway through, I was like, fuck. Welcome to my so-called Opera Life, a podcast for opera singers by opera singers, where we work to connect, inform, empower, and inspire musicians at all levels and stages of their career. Each episode, we'll explore a piece of the never-ending puzzle of the so-called opera life, humble brags and therapeutic complaints, as well as practical information about how this business works, each piece helping you on your journey towards success, which we believe should really mean happiness. I'm Marcel. And I'm Elise. And we're two sopranos trying to live our best so-called opera lives. So this summer, we had an interview with Eugenia Forteza of 360 of Opera. Um, We recorded this interview back in June. Yeah, something like that. Okay, so it's been a little while since we talked to her, but her interview is what we would call evergreen. The content is super useful. She has so much helpful stuff to say. I particularly love the fact that she is so flexible as a person, and she... And, and what I mean by that is how she is so happy and willing to just try anything. Mm-hmm. And she's willing to just, like, give it her best shot no matter what and see if something works. And then if it doesn't, she just doesn't do it again. Um, and I think that's something so important to highlight in this business where there is no one right way to do this anymore. And that flexibility is so important. Yeah. Um, but she also manages to do it while staying true to her voice. Yeah. I think that she, when you meet her, she's just, I mean, we already knew her, but I think what I mean is because she's now like this social media figure, you don't know her, but when you meet her, she doesn't take herself that seriously. Like, right. She right. said like a few times, I think like, it's not that serious, you know? <laughs> right. right. And I think that it really reads in her, in her like content on her 360 that it's just like. I just want everybody to love this as much as I do. Right, right. And with the mission being that clear and that simple, I think that's why it's been successful. Right, and it's very powerful. It's just like, I just want you to enjoy this like I am. Right. And I think we can take away from that in in our own lives and in our own, like, social media. Just find the what what sentence you want people to think of when they think of you and try to promote that idea. Right, right. And not worry about it being super perfect all the time. Right. You know, yeah, like, just like, does this help promote that I love doing X, Y, Z? Yeah, I'm good. I'm going to post it. You yeah, know? exactly. My favorite thing that she said was that there's no rules. Yes, no rules. She said that there's so much change going on right now and so many people are in the opera community and so many people are feeling like, you know, negatively about it or thinking it's bad and wondering what the fuck to do and blah, 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 freaking out. And she's like, we should choose to see that as a good thing. We should choose to see it as fuck everything that anybody tells me what to do and I'm going to just do what I want. There are no rules. Right. And then that takes all the pressure off of you too. Because if there's no rules then you're not worrying about breaking them or displeasing people in a way that might reflect badly on you. It, it just becomes a thing of, oh, they're not buying what I'm selling. Yeah, okay, right. you're not the customer I want. <laughs> we talk about this all the time, but she just makes it seem so easy. Like, like making your life how you want it to be, which like seems hard, but she just makes it just kind of like easy. Like, well, I think it goes back to that <laughs> she doesn't take herself overly seriously. Right. And right. so the how that seems to reflect in her life is that she doesn't get stuck in her own head 
Right. That's great. You know, she <laughs> she values her time. She values the things that she's passionate about. And she figures out how to make those the highlight of her life. And the rest of it can go fuck itself. Right. <laughs> That's great. Should we press play? Uh, yes. <laughs> you have your questions. So my first question is, like, how did 360 of Opera get started? Like, what was the genesis of that idea for you? Um, well, it was something that had actually been building inside of me for a long time. And it kind of came together all at once. But it's something that started in me actually since day one when I I moved to Philly uh, to study. You know, I was a freshman and I was ready to go. I wanted to be in the opera. Mm -hmm. And of course they were like, um, no, you can't even audition for the opera. I was like, what? Um, so it's like, oh, I don't care. I need to be involved in the opera. So I started ASMing, assistant stage manager. Yeah. So I started doing that and I did that for like two years. Okay. And actually they, at some point they kind of offered me, they wanted me to be the stage manager. And I remember that day it was like, so I was like, well, like I love doing this, you know, but I really want to be on the stage. Right. <laughs> so then I finally got to, to start being in the opera. But with that, it really opened my eyes to everything first everything that happens behind the scenes and everything that needs to be happening uh for a show to work mm -hmm. um and then also it kind of made me very aware of how many performers are not aware mm -hmm. of that mm -hmm. so that's where it all kind of started with me for, for me and then during the summers also when i did summer programs my work study was usually production, uh, stage managing, all of that. So I kind of continue building uh, that aspect, which for me was very important because I felt like once I was on the stage, it made me so much more aware yeah. of everything. Um, so that on that side, then um, on the other side, I was going to a lot of shows, you know, I'm just like this, Mm -hmm. obsession with opera and going to shows <laughs> and and I was getting involved however I could you know I volunteered at Carnegie Hall so I would get to see so many concerts for free yeah all all of this building up and uh, this one night uh this was when I just moved to New York in 16 um I went to Carnegie Hall and it was a concert of the Met Orchestra um, with Christine Gerke, and I forget who the other singers were, but it was excerpts from the Ring Cycle. Nice. And there's this thing about Wagner, I don't know, it's just like I check out and kind of like go in this like meditation state. It's mm -hmm. kind of crazy. Um, and it was that concert, I don't know, I just like checked out and it just came to me. Mm -hmm. It was like the name, everything. Yeah. And, you know, at first I was, because it was kind of this urge inside of me of like, you know, there's, I love singing, I love performing, but to me, it's so much more than that. And, you know, it's like, there has to be a way for me to make a difference, to share this with everyone, to, to, you know, get more people excited about this. Because, yeah. you know, I'm so excited about it, about it, that yeah. I'm like, more people need to like, realize how cool it is. Right. Um, 
And yeah, and that night I went home and I was up until like 3 a.m. Like, <laughs> like doing the Instagram and everything. Right. And and I had first this idea of, of having a blog because I've always loved to write too. I actually, I wanted to be a journalist before I got into music. So I, that's why for me it was like very yeah. full circle. And, but at the beginning I was like, okay, let's start slow, you know, because... Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, I'm definitely one of those people that I need to check with myself. Like, don't do too many things. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so I started that. And then a couple months after I posted on uh, Cindy Sadler's group, the business yeah. of opera on Facebook. And I was like, oh, hey, guys, I started this. Follow me. And then Suzanne Vinick wrote to me right away. And that's when we met, and she's like, that's when she was building up the Shopperatic site. And she was like, oh, I want, this is great. It's a great idea. I want to host your blog. Mm. So that's uh, when I started working with her uh, and with Sarah later, and it kind of went from there. Yeah. Are you still doing in the blog at on Shopperatic? Well, right now the site's kind of yeah. on a... a stop yes uh because they're they're kind of rebuilding it mm-hmm. um so right now the blog's on tumblr but we'll see what happens okay but yeah. yeah so i wanted to know how often are you now now we're how many years later like almost four uh or three years seems, or something? uh it's gonna be three years <clears throat> three years it's gonna be three years in the summer yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. amazing. So how often are you actually posting? How how many hours are you spending on three sixty a week? Oh. <laughs> how I often have are you posting? No idea. Yeah. Honestly, I'm since it's my baby. Like for me, I have no rules. It's because so I'm I'm singing a lot. At the same time, I do digital marketing. Um, so that would be, I guess what you would call my side hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have 360. So that those are like the three big things in my life right now, mm-hmm. I would say. So since 360 is me, you know, it's like I decide what goes in it and what mm-hmm. happens and everything. It's very much, you know, it varies. Like when mm-hmm. I have more time, I do more. When mm-hmm. there's, you know, this spring was very, very busy. And, you know, yeah, and sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I could be putting more energy into it because I have all these ideas, mm-hmm. but, you know, ideas take time they to do. realize. Yeah, they do. Um, so it really varies, okay. honestly. I don't, I'm someone who I'm kind of, I'm organized in my own disorganization, right. Right. you yeah. know, <laughs> I'm, I'm an organized person. <clears throat> like I will places on time like everything will get done right but it's like in kind of in my own right system I don't have like an organized system you know Certain amount I kind of, hours, of just get right. things done yeah um do you have a goal like I need to post every day or no no okay no I think it's important to not disappear mm-hmm. uh I think there has to be regular movement because the whole point is that you've built a following and people are uh waiting for you know they they like what you do and they they want to read they want to see what's happening out there so i think i definitely have it in the back of my mind you know that there has to be a constant flow of of things it does help me a lot um that i have melanie 
too. She's my co yes. co editor, um, and she's awesome, and she goes to a lot of shows too. So, and sometimes what uh, I started doing a little bit is because I, I get invited to a lot of shows, and sometimes you know I have so many rehearsals right now that I can't go. So maybe I'll have a guest uh, editor who, yeah. a guest correspondent that sure. goes to the show. That's awesome. Of, yeah so it's kind of yeah flexible yeah so that was another one of my questions when you um have the guests Mm -hmm. are they reaching out to you or are you reaching out to them or is it kind of both um honestly it varies usually I would say people have been reaching out more about maybe doing takeovers Mm -hmm. you know or or sending me press releases and things I right now I, th- I think f- for me, uh, the takeover is a great thing, was a great thing, but I think it's definitely been done too much. and Lots of people are doing it. Now. Lots of people are doing it and not necessarily in the, a super informative way. So I'm trying to not, not eliminate, because I think mm-hmm. it still can be fun, but do mm, fewer of them and very specific for things that I think are original you know or mm-hmm. like people don't know about it or like one of the the latest ones I did was for Frida in in Florida because mm-hmm. I was like I I think right. that's a very interesting piece uh in Catalina so the mm-hmm. singer you know I I try to do things that I haven't been highlighted before right. in in on 360 um but then, yeah, if it's, you know, an invitation I received and I can go and Melly can go and I think it's really a show that should be getting attention, um, you know, I'll see if one of my friends, it's usually people I really trust, <laughs> if they can go, because it's nice for them because they, you know, they get to they go get to see go, the show yeah. and then I'm helping the people in the company. So it's all a kind of a community, thing, yeah. which is cool. Is there any monetization happening for you for that stuff? Um, not really. I've done, I mean, through 360, I've gotten a lot of work in digital marketing. Great. So that's kind of how it monetized for me in a way. Because, you know, I've had, since I started, I've had a lot of people tell me like, oh my God, like you should try to, you know, or a lot of people actually think I'm making like bank with this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no. <laughs> um, it's been really cool because it's opened other kinds of doors. I've done a couple, like, I always have the option of doing, you know, sponsored posts and things or collaborations, but I mean, I did the t-shirts, mm-hmm. you know, but it's really not my main goal. It does come to a point where if someone's taking, if something's taking a lot of your time, you have to find a way for it to make money yeah, because, yeah. you know, we don't have unlimited time. Yeah. So for me, it kind of translated in being able to get other work through it uh I think if that hadn't necessarily happened I probably would have had the need to find Mm -hmm. you know a way to make it make money more directly Mm -hmm. but yeah I try to keep a balance you know I I always have that option of those sponsored posts Mm -hmm. or doing doing the more like traditional you know influencer Instagram thing but I want to keep a balance I don't want it to turn into this fake because that's not what why I started it, mm-hmm. you know. So, so um, talk a little bit if you would about the digital marketing and what that means and 
mm-hmm. and how that's an income source for you? Um, well, I work with a company called Lemmy Studio, and it's a company that's it does websites, PR, and digital marketing, which would be everything that involves social media uh, for the performing arts. So we work a, a big chunk of the clients are opera singers, uh, but then there's other classical musicians, organizations, um, some companies. And it's, I mean, for me, it it's a no-brainer. You know, I... I didn't study it. I don't, I just kind of already knew what I was doing from doing 360, mm-hmm. which I didn't study either. You know, yeah. I just mm-hmm. kind of did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I So I, th- I think digital marketing today, it's also something that like social media, it's moving so fast that it's more about being, I would say, like a creative person, with a sense of, you know, a good sense of PR and communication with people. Um, But it's mostly this idea of like creativity and flexibility and very fast pace Mm -hmm. Um, because it's all, it's all moving along. Like same with 360, you know, like when I started it, no one was doing takeovers and it was very much this concept of the behind the scenes. And then now, everyone's doing it which I think is great Mm -hmm. but at the same time you have to evolve to like keep bringing something new to the table so are they paying you to do their digital marketing or to offer them help or uh no so I'm the social media manager for the company okay yeah gotcha yeah that makes sense great so what are your sources of income right now so right now uh singing and digital, digital marketing. marketing. I think everyone has different different sources of income and we want to highlight, you know, actually how everyone is making yeah. their income. Yeah, and one thing is, I mean, especially being in New York, what's very exciting about New York is that you'll get the most random gigs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's and so that, much happening. That to me is super exciting because, you know, I, I mean, I love opera and, and it's my main thing and mm-hmm. everything, but there's so many things I want to do. Like I want to act. I want, you know, there's mm-hmm. so many things to do in this world. And I, yeah. And in New York, you'll get the most random gigs. Like a couple of weeks ago, I did a recording, uh, where I had to kind of, it was a, an imitation of Edith Piaf singing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of came out of nowhere and they needed a, a someone who was native, French native. Yeah. And, you know, and I had, they asked me and I had to like show up at the studio the next day. So I literally spent all afternoon like listening to a DPF recording <laughs> trying to like imitate the sound. Um, and how did you meet that person that hired you? Someone recommended me. Okay. Yeah. Word of mouth. Yeah. Lots of word of mouth. Yeah. 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 That's what I wanted to ask you too. Um, how much time are you actually auditioning right now and uh-huh. how much of the work you're getting is um I would say uh let's say like this last season I did get a couple things that I auditioned cold that I didn't know anyone and I just went and auditioned and got it I think if I remember well it was mostly for new music things Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm doing a lot of new music I love it Mm -hmm. um I think it's really really cool to be a part of that and then uh 
I would say, I would say probably the higher percentage is things, you know, that people are asking me to do. Mm -hmm. Just that highlights the importance of being a good colleague and being always prepared and showing up because then the word of mouth is so important. Yeah. And I think mostly, I mean, I think either way it's important to audition. I've never been someone who likes going crazy with auditions. I like, you know, I think it's important and I take it, uh, Mostly as a, a practice to have to sing in a high pressure situation mm-hmm. and to try things. Most often than not, I'm trying things in audition, <laughs> you know, because I think it also like gets you out of your head a little bit. Like yeah. you're doing, you know, you're right. doing it mostly for yourself than not necessarily right. for the panel. But um, wait, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> what was I saying? Auditions. Well, it sounds colleague. like you're trying to. You probably oh. are a little more selective about the stuff yeah, you audition for. Yeah, I'm definitely definitely selective because there are so many auditions i mean if you want to you can be auditioning in the fall every day and i think some people do it and it's great you know that's the thing i think we're all different and i think the most important thing is to spend time with yourself to figure out what What you need and how your brain works and what works for you i know that for me i can't do one audition a day or like three auditions a day i just (sighs) yeah I just can't, you know, it, it burns me out. And I also like get tired of singing the same five songs over and over again. For me, the happiness is being in the rehearsal room, you know, yeah. with people. Yeah. And, so that's the best place in the world. I and communication. And so I think, I think it's important to do the auditions. I also think, yeah, it's very important to be a good colleague and, but also to take everything like a little bit relaxed, you know, yeah. and like, you know, be honest and be a good person and be communicative. And yeah. yeah. Another thing I wanted to ask you, um, so I've been seeing that you've been singing in different countries and different mm-hmm. cities besides just even New York or the Northeast even. So um, do you try your best to make those happen because you have family in other countries? Do you um, purposely seek those out or um, is it just kind of happen that way? Um, so both (laughs) yeah (laughs) I definitely you know so my my parents live I grew up in Argentina my parents are in Argentina right now and um a big part of my family is there and most of my childhood friends and then my sister lives in France and I also have a lot of friends in France and I've always been a big like I, I've always had a lot of friends for me friends are everything mm-hmm. so I have a lot of friends all around the world <laughs> and for me you know me that's the ultimate goal for yeah. me what I think one of the biggest reasons I got into opera is traveling yeah I yeah. mean you know I love languages I love to travel I love to make music so for me the ultimate goal is to travel around the world to make music with friends yeah. <laughs> that's a great that's goal that's, a, that's like the dream yeah so, yeah, I mean, every time I can make that happen, mm-hmm. that happen, you know, it's because, yeah, a lot. Of, I think it has to be a balance of things that come to you and things that, right. yeah, like sometimes, that you know, you, you have out. to put it out there. And if you're, you have a friend that's somewhere that you've always wanted to go and, and they know people there. So maybe it's most often than not, it's pretty easy to organize a concert. Um, you know, so I recent last summer. I have a really good friend of mine who's a mezzo and she lives in Colombia 
and my boyfriend is Colombian and they actually met through me and now they are friends too. And my boyfriend was going to be in Colombia all summer last year. So it kind of all worked out. You know, I was like, okay, like, I'll, I cannot see you all yeah. summer. So I'll come visit because I had never been to Colombia. I'll come visit. And then my friend's there. So why don't we do a concert? Yeah. You know, and like you kind of like, yeah. and then you end up doing everything. Yeah. Which is also kind of the ultimate goal. Because yeah. when you like doing a lot of things, like I do, you kind of like try to, put everything together <laughs> yeah and I in February I was gonna go home um because my cousin was getting married and uh I had met um another girl a girl who runs a company in Buenos Aires um a couple of months before and we really hit it off and and she said like oh let me know you know when you're coming we'll just we'll figure something out we'll do something that's awesome and I actually hadn't sung at home since I left, you know. So I, mm. I, I, I really, and not only me, like my parents and all their friends were oh, like, yeah. "When is she Please. singing?" Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So uh, yeah, I gave her a call, and then it ended up that she was sort of planning a concert when I was going to be there. So I ended up singing in that concert. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you make the most of your. I mean, it sounds like what it is really for you. It's like about making the most of your your contacts and your community, which is really important. Yeah, because I think, you know, at the end of the day, like, we're all, it's that, like, we're all just trying to make music with friends. Yeah, so, yeah. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Whenever there's a chance to do it, you know, and of course we have to, like, make money in the middle. But, like, right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, re I really enjoy that your goal is to travel around the world making music with friends, right? Yes. Like, it's, <laughs> that sounds so much more fun to me than my goal is to sing at the Met. <laughs> yeah you know like it's just like no like that sounds like something that's fulfilling and enriching and you make connections and you connect with people you love and yeah. you know uh way more just way more fun yeah <laughs> and I think like especially now for us we're in a moment where I think there's no everything is changing so much mm -hmm. that a lot of people see it as a bad thing but I think for us for our generation we should choose to see it as a good thing because for me, there's yeah. no rules right now. Yeah. It's like everything is kind of so messed up in a way yes. <laughs> that, mm -hmm. you know, if you take it a further, like a step further, there are no rules. So there's no, you know, I, I feel like before it was a little more, there was more room for something more organized and more square. And now, you know, it works for some people, but for a lot of people, it doesn't. And mm -hmm. it's, you never know, you never know why people have careers nowadays. Yeah. You know, there's so much that yeah. goes into it. So kind of seeing that and accepting that, not in a passive way, but saying like, okay, YOLO, I'm going to yeah, do it. That's I'm going to do it. I can just do it my way. Yeah. It takes so much pressure off. Yes. You know, and then like, there's always something that I thought about that. You know, the, when people are just like, yeah, my goal is to sing at the Met. Um, you know, it's just like, okay, well, once you do, then what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, okay, you did it. No. And then what comes after that? We're like, for, for what you're saying, it's just like, you're going to make music with friends and have this beautiful community and have this really enriching life. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and I've always felt like for me, like having um, goals that are, that are too specific is actually, it puts you in a cage because you don't know. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Gonna happen yeah. Like, you know, so 
I think it's good to be focused, you know, and to have things you're working towards and, uh, you know, and be very determined that those are all great things. But I, I've always thought that if you have goals that are like so, so specific like that, and then what, if it doesn't happen? Well, and and in a way it's not specific at all is the other thing because you don't really, it it doesn't say what kind of music or, or with who, or it just says a location, which you don't have a lot of control over anyway. So when you, when you, exactly. And like, who knows, maybe you get like one line on the bed and then your wish was fulfilled and then you don't see it anywhere else. So, So when you were in, undergrad and masters um is there um like going to that like sort of box that we all uh-huh. think we have to fall into uh-huh. is there something that you um some rule or some thing you thought was gonna you should have done that either you didn't do or you you did do you know in terms of like yaps or an audition where you broke the rules or um something like that you know, I think there's something to be said when you grow up uh, in outside of the States. You know, there's so many resources here for everything that when you, you know, and I grew up very comfortably, like I have nothing to say, like, you know, mm-hmm. I had, you know, everything I could need. But it's still, you know, when you grow up in a country like Argentina, there's not like all these opportunities and resources. So when I came to the States Mm -hmm. and I I landed at Temple, you know, which is an awesome school, but it's not even like the, you know, top most expensive conservatory or anything. It's like state school or whatever. Um, But I just took advantage of everything. everything. And I also was very aware that because I wasn't at like Juilliard, you know, that I knew very well that I wasn't getting everything from school. And I I, I saw it very clearly when, you know, I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to be in the opera until junior year. That's three years from now. Fuck that. (laughs) So, So I started, you know, I was like, first, like, the weekends, for example, when everyone was partying, I definitely partied. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I couldn't party like all day long. Right. So I did some partying, but then you know Saturdays I was taking dance class, you know, yes. or I was like doing auditions for other stuff to do stuff on the side just to meet people, and I wasn't like really thinking about it in a networking. I never had really that concept of networking in my head. It's it was more that I was just like. How do I get either hungry? I was just hungry. I just wanted to do things. And like, for me, it was the American dream, you know? And I didn't understand how we were like literally a seven minute ride from Temple to Center City to go to the opera and people wouldn't go. Go. (laughs) It's like a $10 rush ticket. I was like, what is wrong with you? Um, Or like piano lab. No one would go. So I had free piano lessons. It was like, for me, it was like insane. Um, right. You know, I I think I always had kind of this idea of like, it's also, I think, my personality, you know, to like be out there and be doing things yeah. all the time. So I guess in a way that first, you know, I didn't 
stick to the mold of school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, school is great. I'm also going to do all these other things. Well, yeah. I think, didn't we meet while you were in school doing like, yes. a tiny production of Midsummer Night Dream? Yes. And, like, I think why we, I, I felt, like, an immediate kinship to you, um, just because we had these, we were singing, like, mustard seed, like, Peaceful. the little fairies, <laughs> the tiny little parts, and the, you and I were, like, backstage the whole time, like, oh, well, we can do this footwork to make our yes. little dance even more fun, and just, like, anything we could bring to the show to, like, elevate yeah. the show, and it was, yeah. like, yes, this is what we're, this yeah. is what this is about, and I yes. love you for, like, being there with me. Yeah. Yeah, it was so cool. I will always remember that. I was, I, you know, from I think it was probably my first opera in English. It was a Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah. yeah, and you know, yeah, that's and I remember. I think it was junior year. Uh, my really good friend Julian Otis. I don't know if you got to meet. I him. know him. Yeah, tenor. He's in Chicago now, um, but he was one of my best friends in undergrad. And we went to this audition call for Opera Philly for Supers. Oh, nice. And we, I don't remember if, I think he might have not uh, got gotten hired for that, but he got something else. But I got to be a Super for Carmen. Cool. I was like a baby, you know, and and Eileen Perez was Mikaela and oh. Rina Shaman was the Carmen. And for me, it was like, you know, I was bowing at the Academy of Music. You know, it was like that. Yeah, and you got to watch really amazing singers yes. work on their craft. I find like for me, I've been in a number of productions too, where just like I've been just like a small chorus role or something, and it's just like I'm like not mad that I'm in the chorus. I'm going to use this opportunity to learn everything learn I can exactly. from the principles. Exactly, and I think that falls into my mentality of like where three sixty came from. You know, mm-hmm. it's like not taking anything for granted. Like, of course. Like, you know, maybe, and there's nothing wrong, like, oh my god, the Met Opera Supers are rock stars, you know, the Met Opera, (laughs) that, like, you know, and some people, that's their passion, Mm -hmm. but, you know, as uh, someone who maybe wants to have a solo career, I think it's so important to, I've, like, I've done every possible job you can do, I've stood for lights, like, I've Mm -hmm. done everything, you know, I, when I was in Boston, I was an usher, I think all these things build you as an artist too, because mm-hmm. then you're also, you know, you're also like much more appreciative of everyone, yeah. everyone that's making it happen. And then last week I went to see um, one of the shows from the Rune Cycle at the Met. And, you know, and then also as an audience member, it makes mm-hmm. you, it just makes you a better audience member also, because you're not just there sitting, receiving the music you know like mm-hmm. everything that it takes oh yeah. my god like you appreciate the, the giant team cast giant chorus yeah. yeah like the stage hands are crazy like the things they yes. do you know the, like the sirens mm-hmm. that are like flying and yeah and that's opera yeah and that's it's always i've stuck. always said that <laughs> The more you know about opera, the more you're going to love it. The more you know about what's going on on the stage, the more you know about what the singers do. And like you're saying, all the other parts of it. Mm -hmm. um, You know, I always tell my friends, like, you want to know everything. Like, let me tell you about Mm -hmm. all these things. Yeah. um, About rehearsals and what the story's about, you know. Um, And when you know all those things, you do. You appreciate it. And you, like, smile because it's not just about the story and it's not like a Netflix show you watch it and then it's like oh that was cool and then it's over and what makes it cool is that so many things 
could go wrong. <laughs> I, and we talk. It's a tight, it's a tight and rope walk. Yes. <laughs> and that's what makes it so cool and so exciting, you know, because yeah. everyone's in a very high pressure situation, which, you know, unless someone falls from the roof, you know, and there's an actual accident, if you really think about it, it's like, okay, like, you know, I don't know. If someone forgets the line or right. like, what's the, it's still like just It's exciting. Art, but right. it's just right. art, you know? It's like, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. So it's this mix of like very high pressure situation right. with like, you know, beautiful it's not, spontaneity. Yeah. 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 It's like watching someone do like a, like a scary trick or something. Yeah. Like, you don't want them to mess up, but like you're kind of watching like, it's are they going to mess up? <laughs> so different i i was speaking with a friend of mine this past week and he he is not not an opera goer and went to his first opera and he went to see madame butterfly and talking to him made me realize that like because our the media that we consume on television and film right now you know and like even audio like our recording artists and things you know like all the power to beyonce and like how awesome she is but like her albums are like highly 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 produced mm. like we're not hearing a live performance you know, which also makes her shows that much more impressive because mm-hmm. you go to see her live and it's spot on. And you're yeah. just like, you, my dear, are amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're actually amazing. You know, but he came to his op- this opera and he was just like, oh, you know, well, like she's supposed to be the six-year-old girl and it was this like 30-year-old woman, blah, blah, blah. And just like, I couldn't, it was really hard for me to like suspend disbelief. And he was really caught up in the visuals of it. Uh-huh. And... You know, so it led to this conversation where I was just like, well, in opera, the voice comes first, uh-huh. right? And so there's this suspension of disbelief that has to happen because you're, like, visually, it's not going to match up just yeah. because, like, you can't sing Butterfly, yeah. really, until you're in your 30s. Like, yeah. your, most voices are not ready to do that <laughs> yeah. until then. Um, and I was like, you have to change coming to it. It's a different thing than going to the movies. Uh-huh. You know, for sure, and it's not it's not this perfectly edited thing, yeah. And that's what makes opera so amazing. I, yeah. I think it's yeah. just like yeah, yeah. it is this, like you said, yeah. so many things could go wrong, but instead, all these people come together and they work together, yeah. to make this beautiful thing, yeah, yeah. live, yeah, yeah. No one's auto tuning yeah. or yeah. like cutting out the measure where the I thing was got like, wrong. I I became super aware of that when I did this gig where I was you know, in a studio working with people who make music for commercials and movies mm-hmm. and things. And it, it was crazy. I was only there for an hour, but they were like cutting, splicing, you know, editing all in the moment. And it's like, it, I kind of like opened my eyes and it's like, this is how they make albums, yeah. which is not a bad, it's a art in itself. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing the things they do. But this is why, you know, yeah, I feel like the album is one thing, is one piece of art. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's why sometimes you have this huge gap between what an album is and when you go see it live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. And then you have people like Lady Gaga who can do it all. I love her. <laughs> dare I say, they're like the, the Joan Sutherlands of our generation. Oh in respect, you know. She's everything. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I, to me, talking about all of this just highlights like how important your work is. 
like how special your idea for 360 is, you know, just in terms of you're saying you recognize like, okay, we have to almost in a way like educate an audience to say like, here's everything that goes into this. This is what makes opera special. It's not just like, oh, this beautiful music. It's like, no, it's this collaboration and this community and like all of the connection that happens. And in terms of the way opera is changing, I think that the younger generation of people that want to connect and like feel connection to things we have to do that for opera because other people are doing it in you know movies and if you think about the when you people go see a movie and then they're posting it on this we have to do that for opera because if we don't people will continue to not understand it there'll be no hype around it it's it used to have a community of wealthy people Mm -hmm. who enjoyed it so much and we're part of this community that they helped keep it alive but we don't have that anymore but i also think uh, the, the audience of 50 years ago was also taking in a lot more live entertainment yeah you know all the radio shows were live yeah. you know all the tv shows had live studio yeah. audiences yeah. that doesn't exist anymore like the yeah. movies and the streaming that we have now has yeah. changed how a modern audience like exactly. approaches art but that's my big point and and you know that Things are changing in opera because the, or things have to change in opera because the world is changing. Mm -hmm. And people don't see that this happens in, you know, every every generation is like, oh my God, everything's changing, like crisis, (laughs) crisis. But it's always like that, you know, a certain way that opera was, that cycle is kind of ending and I think there's always going to be room in an audience for traditional, beautiful, just gorgeous opera. But at the same time, things have to evolve. Like we have to evolve as people, as a community. And I think what's especially very exciting in this country is all the new music that's being Mm -hmm. composed and the new American opera voice, you know, that's coming out. And that's, really coming with all this change and with our generation and it's telling our stories exactly exactly Um, you know there's something to be said for the fact that I mean it's something I think about all the time in terms of directions I want to take as an artist it's just like well Cozy's so beautiful and these duets and this that opera and Bellini and whoever and whatever and I'm just like but are these stories that need to be told you know they're beautiful and they're and it's part of our history but there are stories in this world that need to be told that have no voice and I don't know about you, but like I feel as an artist that probably my focus should be on championing those stories and bringing voices to those people. I, I think that's an awesome mission and it's important. For me, it's more about showing that it all can coexist. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of my big points on 360 is, you know, I put like a post about the Met next to a post about Opera on Tap, you know, and because it's all part of it. Mm -hmm. And, and we're all in the same world, you know, I don't believe in different, like, you know, you can do this or that people are like, we're all in it together. And like, yeah, maybe at different levels of development, and maybe we're telling different stories. But I don't, and maybe it's because of what I want to see, you know, I want to go see like a fluffy cozy one day and the next day I want to see like an edgy, crazy new music thing, Mm -hmm. you know? So for me, it's about, yeah, showing that it can all coexist and this idea that there are no rules right now. I really, 
highly believe that. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for doing this with us. Yeah, Thank you for really having me. Okay, so you can follow Eugenia Forteza at Instagram at Eugenia Forteza. Yes. 360 of Opera on Instagram. She has a Tumblr, 360 of Opera. And also on Facebook at 360 of Opera. All the 360 of Opera. Yes, and we'll put links to all of that in the show notes. Thanks, Eugenia, for coming. Yes, we loved talking with you. We love you. If you have started a business using your opera skills in any way, we are doing a story features on our Instagram at my so-called opera life. So tag us. Yes, please share all the wonderful, amazing things you all are doing. We want to help you, first of all, get people to know about your business, but also inspire others to do something with their own opera skills also. Yes, we all have amazing ideas. Let's spread the, fill the world with them.